Hello and welcome, Friar Town. Today is February 9th, and we're going to be joined by Friar 4 General Vincent Council. I am Billy Ritchie, and this is the Friar Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 10 of the Friar Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Billy Ritchie, and today I'm joined by a man who, if he's not in your top five Big East point guards of all time, then frankly, I don't, I don't want to talk to you because this man that I have here on the show is top five in the three most important categories in Big East point guard history, and they would be assist, he had a career 725 dimes, assist percentage, he assisted on over 35% of baskets when he was on the Friars and assists per game. He was at a little over six a game. He's top five in that category as well. I think you guys know who I'm talking about, but when we talk about the top five Friar point guards of all time, I think of God Sham God, I think of Lenny Wilkins, I think of Ernie D, I think of Chris Dunn, and I think of Vincent Council. Vincent Council, welcome to the Friar Podcast. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate having me on this platform, Billy. I'm just, I'm grateful to be here, man. Love it. And and we're we're happy to have you and let's let's get right into it. Like you grew up in the Brooklyn area. Right, right. But before we even get to that, we gotta talk about what was your favorite Providence restaurant when you were on the Friars? Mm, uh, maybe Rufus just because we ate it so much. I loved it and also Fleming's. I I like I like both those restaurants right there. Love it. I mean, Fleming's has always got a quality steak, so I am uh, I, I am not against that pick at all. That's actually a new one, so shout out to you for coming in with some some creativity on the show. Right. And and as I mentioned, you grew up in Brooklyn. You started um, at Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln is just an absolutely historic high school. Lance Stevenson, Stefan Marbury, Sebastian Telfair. And then you made the switch to the Patterson School in North Carolina. Big shift, prep ball, a completely different mindset and completely different setting. And you became the number 11 point guard in the country coming out of high school. Tell me about your, your early time playing basketball and all the success you had in high school. Well, first, I actually went to Severian my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. Then senior year, I decided that I was going to transfer to Lincoln, play with Lance, a few more of my teammates. We won a state championship, city championship. Then I actually graduated early, so I ended up going to Patterson, where I got to play along a lot of good players. And we ended up being like the number one team in the country. Yeah, you guys had a lot of success. And with that came a lot of recruiting for you. You were, you were getting looks from UCF, Arkansas, Rutgers. What made you decide to commit to PC? More important, probably just my teammates that play AU also went to problems before I was there, like Greedy, Bilal. BMAC was also my high school teammate. And plus, Pat Scary was a, a great recruiter. He was there every day. He talked to me every day. He made sure I was good. So big up to Pat Scary. Absolutely. Great all-time assistant at Providence. And from the moment that you stepped on to the floor for the Friars, you were very successful. You were on the Big East All-Rookie Team. And what's interesting about you is you played in a two-point guard set initially with Sherrod Curry. Right. Can, can you tell me what it was like in that initial season, like playing in the Big East and playing in that two-guard set with Sherrod Curry? This, uh, I think the year before that at Patterson, I, I played in a two-guard set which made me comfortable coming right to college and playing with Sherrod, which I knew he already was a scorer. So that just helped me with my role. Love it. And that freshman year was great. 
but you were able to even build on it in your next couple of years. Let's talk about the 2010-2011 season where you recorded a PC record of 16 assists in one game against Brown. You had 29 points going 16 for 16 from the line against Wyoming. And you led the league in assists per game. Like, how, how did you take the momentum of your freshman year and build into that sophomore year? I think freshman year, I had a, like, a great solid year. just gave me more confidence to just come into the next year knowing that I've gotten older, played with more experience, and I was just working hard in the summer. So that just gave me more chance to know the rhythm of college. Absolutely. And you played in a different time than the current Big East. Like you played in the old Big East, I would say, which had a lot of tough point guard matchups night in and night out. Who were some of the guys that you thought were the toughest matchups on the night-to-night basis? I could think of a few guys, maybe like Peyton Siva, Michael Carter-Williams. And who was the toughest team that you matched up against, you felt like? Through the four years in college, mm-hmm. maybe the West Virginia team that had E. Banks, uh, Deshaun Butler, just because that team was so huge and it was probably like one of the best defensive teams in the country that year that went to the Final Four. So I think that was one of the toughest teams. Absolutely. And was there a specific guard that you matched up against that like it would just get you hyped? Like you're like, I got to go at this guy? It was always one of my friends that was from the, from the metro area, from New York City, like Kimba, Jordan, Struck. Those type of guys, just because I've known them at home, and then it's like bragging rights when we go home. Well, yeah, I mean, the coolest thing about the old Big East, especially, is is the crop of talent that we had coming in from the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area was just was just top top tier every every, every time. So I I totally agree; those are some of the best guards, especially um, in in Big East history. Right. So let's talk about the transition. We go from one coach to another coach. Keno Davis out as Friars head coach. And we move on to Providence native, my guy, Ed Cooley. What did you think about that transition? It was a it was a quick transition, knowing that there was two different styles of coaching, two different styles of off the court. So it was just we had to pick it up quick. We had to learn what um Coach Cooley wanted and just try to figure him out just like he was trying to figure us out from coming from playing with Keno. And so you split time between Keno and, and, and Ed Cooley. Do you wish that you played all four years for Ed? I think it was uh I think it was uh two for two. I think I I think I learned from both of them. Mm-hmm. Just the uh the demeanor of how to handle things on the court and off the court I learned from both. So I think it was a blessing both having both coaches. So I can't both I can't say I will I will want him for all four years. Absolutely. Everything's meant to be and you ended up at Providence for a reason and you you know, you ended up working two and two for a reason as well. So, so let's talk about your success under Ed Cooley. So you had success under Keno. You're, you're having some success with Ed Cooley as well. So let's talk about 2011-2012. You lead the Big East in assists. You led the Big East in minutes played, which, by the way, you're 13th all-time in minutes played, and you're third-team all-Big East. Can you Tell me about that 2011-2012 team. Honestly, it was interesting because Ed didn't have a lot of success initially because he's coming into a program where the guys aren't aren't his guys. Tell me what it was like having personal success, but the team was a little shaky at times. Well, I always wanted the team to be successful. So it was I was happy for myself, but I also wanted the team to win. But just that year, being a junior, I just came up being a freshman sophomore. That freshman sophomore year, I was I was already ready for junior just because I had a good freshman and sophomore year. And plus I had the driver's seat to the keys because my Sean had just left. 
And I was just working real hard that summer to prepare myself. And I clearly did a great job that, of that summer. Just let me know my roles and what he wanted me to do for the team. I mean, sh- shout out my guy Marshawn real quick. I took the whiskey shuttle with him one time, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> shout out to Marshawn, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, you had a lot of individual success, and I think what kind of made you a different sort of point guard was that you had the basketball IQ, you had the floor vision, and the feel of when to take your shot and also when to facilitate. And and that's something that a lot of guards just don't have nowadays. It's like these kids are playing a lot of basketball, and they just don't have the natural feel for the game. So I, I saw it every time. Obviously, I was in college when, when you were in your prime of your Friar career, and I saw so much basketball IQ and, and feel in your game that I just don't see nowadays. I think anyone just want to score, just go for themselves nowadays. But since I was young, my dad had me watching Pete Maravich, those type of guys, you know, learning how to pass the ball, knowing when to score. So I get that from them. So let's talk about 2012-2013. On February 20th, 2013, you became the Big East all-time assist leader in a season. What was that feeling like? I think that I just felt great, you know, just seeing that the work that I've put in and the results was there. Just, I was excited that I got accomplished that. And a lot of great guards, a lot of great guards I passed. I was just appreciative to be there. You also made the NIT that season. What did you think about making postseason play? I was excited because that was the first we went since I've been there my four years. I was ex- excited to just keep on playing through March. Absolutely. And, and and you were a veteran on that team, obviously. What was it like being a mentor for the younger guys? You were a bridge between two different coaches, like we mentioned. What was it like being a mentor and being a vet to the other guys? Just showing them that it's ups and downs during the season and just like to keep them focused and to like remain, to remain humble and, and, and just work hard because in the Big East, one day you can win five games and next day you can lose three games, four games in a row. So it's so always just remember to stay locked in and focused. So let's look back on your career for a second and talk about what's your favorite game of all time. Obviously, you had a lot of good battles against a lot of different point guards. We were talking about it. A lot of guys from the New York metro area. What is your favorite all-time game at PC? That's really tough. I probably would say one of my, I wouldn't say it was my, I would say my most memorable game that I like the most. Maybe it was my first Uriah rivalry game. Just because uh, the atmosphere was my first time actually being a part of a college rivalry game, and we lost—that's the crazy part. We lost that game, and it was just—I was just excited to even just play that game and just miss the atmosphere and knowing that was going to be for the years to come. Love it, and yeah, I mean, there are so many different rivalries that PC has: URI, UConn, UConn. BC. Like, mm-hmm. we have a lot of different rivalries because of our position in the New England area. And I'd be curious to know, who are some of the guys you still chop it up with? And, and who are some of your favorite teammates of all time? Like, well, let's start off. We're going to start off this question first. Who are some of your who are some of your ride or die guys like that you keep in touch with? Uh, Breeze Cofain, Kadeem Betts, Marshawn Brooks, B-Mac, McKenzie. Those are my those are my real those are my core guys right there that I talk to all the time. Like all the time I speak to him. Love that. Love and that. oh, I'm Duke Mundy also. I went to PC for a while. I talked to him a long time. So. And, and Gerard Coleman. Absolutely. Gerard, Gerard Coleman, local Rox, Roxbury native. Um, yeah, loved yeah. seeing him when he was on the Friars. Right. Now, here's a, here's a follow-up question. Who do you think is the most talented Friar you've ever played with? Probably Marshawn Brooks. 
I'll give it to Marshawn. He beat Ricky Lito, but he didn't get to play, but I, I'll give it to Marshawn. Well, I mean, Ricky Lito, I went to high school with Ricky Lito, Bishop Hendrick and product. Great, great kid, local guy. Um, it was too bad he didn't get to suit up for the Friars, but you know the NBA was calling for him pretty quickly. Right, right. So, so let's talk about your professional career overseas. But even before we get to that, let's talk about your work with the Miami Heat Summer League team. What was it like being in that position to play with pros? I felt blessed to be in that percentage of just having a chance to even be around other pros and having a shot to even play for the Heat, especially because that year they actually won the championship. And just being in the arena with Pat Riley and seeing LeBron and seeing Dwayne Wade. So that was just a great experience. And you played many years overseas. Tell me about those experiences. Where was your favorite place that you played? I would say my favorite place that I played and lived had to be Israel Tel Aviv. I liked the Israel. The food was amazing. The culture was nice. The fans were unbelievable. And it was great basketball there. Absolutely, great place to go. Like like a vacation spot almost, but a place place you got your work in. Right. That's great. And I have a I have a very interesting question for you. Why Why are you a Dallas Mavericks fan? <laughs> Because uh, my favorite player is Dirk Nowitzki. And I, mean, I like Omar Cuba. He's a great owner. So that's my team right there. I know it seems crazy, right? Because I live in New York. That's my, that's my team. Man. I love that. I love that you're riding with those guys. And like, look look at what they've they've provided Friartown. God Sham God, employee of the Dallas Mavericks. Exactly. And exactly. Kevin, Kevin Stakem as well. So they've, they've been good to Friartown. So that's my, that's my team right there. Hopefully we hopefully we win the championship in a couple of years. Well, certainly have some good young pieces. Obviously, Luca Przingis have some good um, secondary pieces as well. But why don't we switch gears here to the state of PC basketball today? A lot a lot has changed since you suited up for the Friars. They have a new practice facility. Like these guys out here, they don't even know what it was like probably to get get as what would Ray call Ray Hall said it best. He said he called it the dungeon. Uh, working out in the dungeon. So, so let's talk about the state of PC basketball today. Uh, in general, just the talent or just how the, the arena, just like Ray said, how it looks beautiful, the Huxley Street, everything's closed off. The facility looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. It looks amazing. It looks, it looks 10 times better than when we went to Providence. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there had to be that sort of factor of like, you know, those gritty moments where you're working out in, in, in that tough area or like, you know, you don't have that true practice facility where it like brings grit and like team unity, correct? I, I agree. Because I remember we used, to, we used to hate practicing in there. We used to love wanting to go to the dunk and practice at the dunk. But now it's an it's a arena. It looks, it looks beautiful. And I just remember running down Huxley, down that hill around over there. So it's, it's a lot, it's a, a lot of change that probably. Absolutely. And you mentioned the dunk. Can you put into words what it was like playing there, and you know what it was, you know, just what it was like to suit up? I looked at the dunk as a mini Madison Square Garden. Like I looked at the dunk as every time we went there, I felt like I was playing at uh, a miniature Madison Square Garden. Nice atmosphere. The fans is crazy. The student section. It was just a, a great feeling to play at the dunk. Yeah, it's it's a special place. Is there, a, is there a specific game that you remember when you were playing at the dunk where it was just like absolutely rocking? When we played UConn. One game when we played UConn, I think my senior year, we came back. It was a, it was a crazy back and forth game. It was just, it was nuts. It was nuts in, in the arena. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize it's, 
over 12,500 fans. Like it's, it's a near professional arena. Like I take people there and they're like, dude, like this is why you love PC basketball so much. <laughs> I try to tell a lot of people, I'm like a lot of the players, they have their best games there just because the atmosphere makes you feel like you're already in the NBA. The arena is nice. It makes it feel like you already made it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just great for where I come from because at the end of the day, it's, it's such a big part of our culture of like, you know, going out to eat on Federal Hill or something and then walking down to the dunk. It's so walkable. It's right there. It, it, it's just a special, it's just a special place. Right there. I love the dunk, man. I a lot of good memories there. Well, I'm glad. And we, we, we were glad to have, we were glad to have watched you suit up. You had a special run. And like I said, like if you're not in, if you're talking to me and Vince Council isn't in your top five Big East point guards of all time, I don't want to talk to you. So that, that, that is a, that is a big key for me. And appreciate that. Of, of course, of course. And I'd be curious to know, what are you up to now? What are some things you're working on? And Right now, right now, um, I'm a trainer. I train kids. I train young kids from first to seventh grade. I'm also a dog breeder. Um, I uh, breed um, XL bullies. So that's what I'm doing right now. Love it. And another question I wanted to ask with everything going on in the world currently is, what do you think has been so special or, or, or different from when you guys were playing how players today can build their brand through social media or they can talk about different social injustice issues what do you think about the current landscape of the college athlete today i think it's beautiful just because you have the platform to be yourself to market yourself to brand yourself now you have a chance to look at yourself not as just a, as an athlete but as a business so i think though these platforms made it easier for athletes today to speak on their topics and also, just to brand themselves, to market themselves. No, it's um, I I think for a lot of these kids, exposure is key. Exposure is key, and having the ability to, yeah, and having the ability to have highlights all over the internet. Like David Duke scored thirty points in the last game, and it was everywhere. Right. It was awesome. Um, Imagine if like that was back in the days. It would be so much easier for a lot of kids to get exposure. Absolutely. No, and it's 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 a great thing. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. And in terms of that, like my platform itself, like me having some different PC friars on, some greats such as yourself, where we could just share their stories and we weren't able to do that years back. Bring athletes, specifically PC greats such as yourself, the ability to tell their stories. Yeah, it just uh, gives you a just a different insight of like what's going on at PC and how different friars view the school and view how they love the basketball and just their experiences. And Vince, if you could go back in time and suit up for the Friars again, would you do it? Yes, definitely. Definitely do it. That's awesome. And at the end of the day, like I said, you're one of the top five Big East point guards probably to ever suit up. That's my opinion. And to close here, do you have any remarks for PC fans out there? I would say love PC. I love the Friars. I'll see you soon. I'll be up there. Go Friars. Love it, my man. Well, thank you for blessing us with a lot of dimes, a lot of court vision, a, a lot of great games, a lot of great memories, and it's all love here for me. I, I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you, and you know, I can't wait for people to, to hear your story. I appreciate, I appreciate, Billy, for giving me the chance to just tell my story on your platform, and I wish you the best, and keep on doing what you're doing, man. Love it. Go Friars. Go Friars.
would like to thank everyone for listening to episode 10 of the Friar Podcast. And of course, a special thank you to Friar Point Guard great Vincent Council. We are back again next week. And as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Friar Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, as well as SoundCloud if you enjoy our content. And as always, go Friars. Go Friars.